Good evening. Friday evening. It's about 7.27 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the West Coast of California. Southern California to be exact. Okay, we left off with Esther, the Bible prophetess Esther, chapter 6. Chapter 7, Haman Hanged. So the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther, and as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given you what is your request, even up to half the kingdom. It will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, O king, and if it pleases your majesty, grant me my life. This is my petition, and spare my people. This is my request. For I and my people have been sold for destruction and slaughter and annihilation. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is the man who has dared to do such a thing? Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this vile Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in a rage, left his wine, and went out into the palace garden. But Haman, realizing that the king had already decided his fate, stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. The king king exclaimed, Will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as the word left the king's mouth, They covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, A gallows seventy-five feet high stands by Haman's house. 
he had it made for Mordecai, who spoke up to help the king. The king said, hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided.
the king's edict in behalf of the Jews. Chapter 8 of Esther. That same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai, and Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman the Agagite, which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she arose and stood before him. It, it pleases the king, she said, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman, son of Hamid Atha, the Agagite, devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther, and they have hanged him on the gallows. Now write another decree in the king's name, in behalf of the Jews, as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring for no document written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring can be revoked. At once the royal secretaries were summoned on the 23rd day of the third month, the month of Sivan. They wrote out all Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush, that is the Upper Nile region. These orders were written in the script of each province and the language of each people and also to the Jews in their own script and language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring 
and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses especially bred for the king. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city that the right to assemble and protect themselves to destroy, kill, and annihilate any armed force of any nationality or province that might attack them and their women and children, and to plunder the property of their enemies. The day appointed for the Jews to do this in all the provinces of King Xerxes was the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, the month of Adar. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers riding the royal horses raced out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was also issued in the citadel of Susa. Mordecai left the king's presence wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe of fine linen. And the city of Susa held a joyous celebration for the Jews. It was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor in every province and in every city, wherever the edict of the king went, there was joy and gladness among the Jews with feasting and celebrating. And many people of other nationalities became Jews because fear of the Jews had seized them. And just as a uh, side note, I'll open a parenthesis just to say, Sheikh Diop, Sheikh Anta Diop, has written many books about the African continent, African civilizations, going back thousands and thousands and thousands of years, just in case anyone is interested in doing any more research about the continent. And if you recall 
This occurred in the provinces stretching from India to Kush. That's the region Kush, which is now referred to as the Sudan region, the upper Nile region. Just thought I'd highlight that if you're interested. And close that parenthesis. There's maybe one chapter left, two chapters. But the last chapter is very, very short. So we can get those. Since we have all these other chapters. Triumph of the Jews. Chapter 9. triumph of the Jews on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities, in all the provinces of King Xerxes, to attack those seeking their destruction. No one could stand against them because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them, and all the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation spread throughout the provinces and he became more and more powerful. The Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them. And they did what they pleased to those who hated them. In the citadel of Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. They also killed Parshan, Datha, Dalphon, Aspatha, Poratha, Adalia, Aridatha, Parmashta, 
Harasai, Haradai, and Vaisatha, the ten sons of Haman, son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. But they did not lay their hands on the plunder. The number of those slain in the citadel of Susan of Susa was reported to the king that same day. The king said to Queen Esther, The Jews have killed and destroyed five hundred men and the ten sons of Haman in the citadel of Susa. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? It also will be granted. If it pleases the king, Esther answered, give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow also, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged on gallows. So the king commanded that this be done. An edict was issued in Susa, and they hanged the ten sons of Haman. The Jews in Susa came together on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar. Esther, continuing with chapter 9, in verse 15, the Jews in Susa came together on the 14th day of the month of Adar, and they put to death in Susa 300 men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Meanwhile, the remainder of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also assembled to protect themselves and get relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of them, but did not lay their hands on the plunder. This happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. Purim celebrated. Purim. P-U-R-I-M. Purim celebrated. The Jews in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then... On the 15th, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. That is why rural Jews, those living in villages, observe the 14th of the month of Adar as a day of joy and feasting, a day for giving presents to each other. Mordecai recorded the 
these events and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes near and far to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar as the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies and as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. He wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews agreed to continue the celebration they had begun doing what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast the pur, that is, the lot, for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back onto his own head and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Continuing with Esther chapter 9 and 26, verse 26. Therefore, these days were called Purim, from the word pur, pure, because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them. The Jews took it up on themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation, by every family, and in every province, and in every city. And these days of Purim should never cease to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of them die out among their descendants. 29. So Queen Esther, a daughter of Abihail, along with Mordecai, 
the Jew wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter concerning Purim. And Mordecai sent letters to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Xerxes, words of goodwill and assurance to establish these days of Purim at their designated times as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had decreed for them and as they had established for themselves and their descendants in regard to their times of fasting and lamentation. Esther's decree confirmed these regulations about Purim and it was written down in the records. Chapter 10 The Greatness of Mordecai King Xerxes imposed tribute throughout the empire to its distant shores and all his acts of power and might together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai to which the king had raised him are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Media and Persia Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes preeminent among the Jews and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. I'll open a parenthesis there and say that's what I'm talking about. Reparations. another woman in the Bible there are so few of them but in Judges chapter 5 the song of Deborah
The Song of Deborah, Judges 5. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song when the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers, I will sing to the Lord, I will sing, I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. O Lord, when you went out from Sarah, when you marched from the land of Edom, The earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the roads were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Village life in Israel ceased, ceased until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel when they chose new gods, war came to the city gates, and not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts of the warriors in Israel. Then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates. Wake up, wake up, Deborah, wake up, wake up, break out in song. Arise, O Barak, take captive your captives, O son of Abinom. Then The men who were left came down to the nobles, to the people of the Lord, came to me with the mighty. Some came from Ephraim. 
whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Machir, captains came down. From Zebulon, those who were a commander's staff. The princess of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, rushing after him into the valley in the districts of Reuben. There were there was much searching of heart. Why did you stay among the campfires to hear the whistling for the flocks in the districts of Reuben? There was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulon raised, risked their very lives. So did Naphtali on the heights of the field. Kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. But they carried off no silver, no plunder. From the heavens the stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The river Kishan swept them away. The age-old river, the river Kishan. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horse's hoofs, galloping, galloping, go his mighty steeds. Curse, Morose, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they did not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty, most Blessed of women, be child, the wife of Eber, the Kenite, most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank. There he fell, dead. Through the windows peered Sisera's
mother. Behind the lattice, she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answer her, Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils? A girl or two for each man, colorful garments as plundered for Sisera, colorful garments embroidered, highly embroidered garments for my neck. All this as plunder, so may all your enemies perish, O Lord, but may they who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace forty years. Thank you.